After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high-quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You gotta check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This Eufy Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday. And thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome Guys, UFC 287, and the rematch between Piera and Adesanya is here. Coming up on today's show, I'm going to give you my official prediction for that fight. 
I'm also going to speculate on what happens at middleweight beyond Saturday night. Plus, Kevin Holland gets into another squirmish, and could this be the last time we ever see George Masvidal? Lots to get into today, guys. Let's begin with this. I made some headlines, guys. I was out at uh, Bare Knuckle. I was doing their press conference yesterday in Las Vegas. Gorgeous George. He comes in the back. He's got a camera. Does an interview with me. Francis's name came up. What I had to say about Francis made it over to a headline at bjpen.com. Saw the article today. And I only say that because you, you say a lot of things. You do, But somebody picked it up. Somebody thought it was interesting enough that not only did Gorgeous George go with it, but the bjpen.com uh, linked to it and put it on their own site. And I didn't, I didn't think what I was saying was all that compelling. I was just saying that I think that Francis, through the learning lesson, right? I mean, some things in life you try to guess, they're experiments, and you form what's called a hypothesis which is an explanation based on evidence. It's not factual yet, but you do have some evidence. It kind of steers you, right? We've all got this, this type of compass, but Francis, in all fairness to him, was in an extremely unique situation. It's not one that we've ever found ourselves in, have we, guys? It's not one that your buddy was in or, oh, your friend did this, and it was, it was 10 years ago, but here's how he handled it. No, none of us were the world champion dealing with an injury, at the time that you would talk and negotiate, right? Francis had three fights left. Never had that conversation. If he had five fights left, we never had that conversation. If he was getting ready to retire, we never had that conversation. Everything lined up to where this is the time that you're negotiating. Oh, and by the way, the single biggest fight that you, projection-wise, will ever have looks like it can be next. It looks like that's what we're really talking about. I'm talking about Francis versus Jones. Okay, Francis was in a very unique situation. I'm gonna give that to him, but hindsight being 2020, we all get through something we haven't experienced, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, here's here's the right answer. Can't believe I missed that. Here's the right answer. Right? Enough something happens, enough experiments happens, enough time goes by. I was only suggesting for George, gorgeous George, I I, I was only suggesting for him that perhaps that's where Francis is now. And Francis went on a podcast the day before, did it with Patrick. And Patrick does such a great job and has such a soft place in his heart for MMA fighters. So we had Francis on. Patrick's a very smart guy, and he's a numbers guy on top of that. And he's never playing checkers. He's always playing chess. He's two and three moves ahead. So when he starts talking with Francis, he has to realize while they're live, wait, he and I aren't speaking the same language. Francis is locked in on one thing, and it was just an idea. And I'd love to give you guys the example of when the fighter tells you what he's worth, Handing him the marker, having him go up in front of the whole classroom, right on that dry erase board, and write out where he's getting that. It's a very good question anytime you're doing business when somebody tells you price. It's a very good question to simply say, how did you come to that price? Nothing will move a car deal or a real estate buy quite like that. They'll tell you the number and you say, how did you come to that number? People would get sued all the time civilly for not coming through on their end of the bargain. But when they get to court, they'll say, how did you come up with that number? Whether it's agreed upon or not, it's a very interesting thing. Well, I valued my time this, and here's what the supplies cost, and this ended up. And then you can show the world right in front of them, you're trying to make an irrational and unreasonable profit. It's a very effective thing to do. But I do like the idea of Francis getting and just showing us. Here's what I do in pay-per-view. Here's how I move the gate. Here's what my last three gates are. Here's what I project. Here's what my opponent's gates are. 
and we're going to come together. And here's, I mean, it'd be one of these interesting things, what you're going to do with merchandising, what you're going to do different, how you plan to market, how you plan to build this. Hand him the dryer engine, but go show me. And so when Patrick was interviewing, it became rather clear we weren't at that step. We weren't at that step. We were just throwing numbers out. So I, I'm only suggesting for you that when you get to that situation, I think that Francis can still, once he has the evidence he needs, go back to the OC. That's what I think. And don't think you have to correct me and tell me that Dana said, no, never, they'll never talk to him. Like, it's all a negotiation. Every time one guy's talking about it, that's all in a negotiation. So if Dana's still there telling you, no, we're not interested, we won't work with him, he's still negotiating, just so you understand. So we're at the press conference, and Dave Feldman, who is very well known in our industry for spreading the butter around. Dave does not have time and does not want to be on the phone with you going back and forth hearing all these deals. He will come at you big and strong right up front in the, in the spirit of saving time. So when you have a generous guy like this, Dave Feldman said he was asked by Schmo about Francis as a potential replacement opponent for Ben Rothwell. And Dave didn't take the bait. Any other promoter would have. They would have taken it. They wanted, would have wanted the name. They'd want to act as though, yeah, we're in a, a talk and negotiation. Dave said, man, we've talked to him. And the number, amount of money he's asking for is unrealistic. The, the most generous guy in this space, known for his generosity, simply said that number was too high. And you got to start at these places, right? I mean, two minutes ago, I was giving you guys an explanation for how you can come up with the wrong answer, but then still correct yourself. You have to start somewhere. Francis didn't do anything wrong. It's just a matter of once enough time goes by and you look back. Ray Seffo came out. He was talking about Francis, said we'd love to get him into the tournament. Talking about PFL, said we'd love to get him into the tournament. Million-dollar prize, incentivize him right up front. Make it feature match. Build him, but also build opponents to see who's going in next. Like I understood everything Ray was saying. I thought it made perfect sense, but that's a million dollar prize to the tournament. You've got to win multiple fights. So the mere fact that the PFL revealed that they were in talks and they were close to getting Francis greatly devalued Francis, which was a situation that Dave also spoke about. Dave Feldman said each day that goes by that Francis is out there, not the champion and not in the headlines and not associated with big name opponents, it's time that you lose, right? I mean, one of the most red hot Francis could be is when John Jones was available. Just dangling the idea that he could get with Jones or he's going to steal Jones away and they're going to go box and they're going to box each other. I mean, there were so many different things that you could do, but as soon as John Jones gets associated with Stipe, it ends that talk. And I think that that's largely what Feldman is talking about. Each day that goes by, something happens and it doesn't add a value to Francis. It doesn't make you more curious. It devalues Francis. It makes you less interested and curious. To tie Francis in, I'll just use the comparison of Nate Diaz. But Nate Diaz, the hottest and most sought after free agent on the market. Are you aware of that? You might have thought it was Francis, but that's because you forgot Nate was there. The hottest commodity on the open market is Nate Diaz. And if I was to give you a projection of where will we see Nate next, the guess I would put out for you guys is in the octagon. 
But that's where I think you will see him next. He's training his guys, he's having fun, he's bringing up a crew, but he's still going to the events, he's still talking about the events. He's still supported by, right, remember him, him and Nick went? Dana Bersari chose to put them on camera. Those, that, those are very sought-after positions, truly. They did that with two guys who might be going to build their brand with somebody else. Eh, I don't think so. And I only bring Nate into this just to, just to prove the point that, yes, Francis can still go back. Yes, he can. Sometimes you hear he's a free agent because he got out of his contract with the UFC and you think everything's an option but the UFC. And I'm just reminding you, no, everything's an option, including the UFC. And as Francis starts to break some of these numbers down, look, I think those boxing guys used him. I don't think they did anything wrong. I think it was very obvious and transparent that they were using him. I came out and I told you guys, I begged Francis through this channel to not fall out of grace with one thinking he's going to fall into bed with the other when it's those boxing guys. They don't mean it. They, they don't have any pull. They don't have any creativity. You'll, you'll hear Tyson Fury and you'll say, man, that guy's got it figured out. That's the biggest boxing name there is. It's the greatest boxing talent there's ever been and he's active. And he said, but, but Tyson can't take the next step of going to a promoter, finding the money and coming back to you. Tyson gets told what to, here's who you're fighting, here's when you're fighting them, here's the corner that you're in, here's the robe you're going to wear. Now go over there, jump rope, until somebody calls you over here to hit bag. Right? I mean, but that, but that really is the truth. And somehow I think that Francis got caught up in this allure thinking because Tyson's such a big name that Tyson somehow had polar or he had stroke. He has neither, but now that you know, the time's not too late. Just like I told Gorgeous George, BJ Penn thought it was interesting enough, I'll come back and tell you guys as well. Francis, next fight, I predict for you, will be in the UFC. You know, George Bosborough is in a wildly interesting, extremely high-pressure situation. And I don't know if anybody's noticing it. I don't bring this to you to add to Masvidal. I bring this to you so that you can appreciate Masvidal. I mean, this is a lot to walk into. He's got something going. He's got some kind of a court case, right? What, what, whatever that is. But that's still there. He's got that. Okay. He has the most organic, number one. It is the most organic real life, caught on film, reason to fight for a championship that our sport currently has. I'm talking about three-piece in a soda. Three-piece in a soda, the match that has to happen, the feud that has to be settled, by the way, now has a world championship attached to it. So, Mazva, not to mention his popularity, not to mention how much you guys like him, not to mention he only fights absolute killers, right? I mean, he goes and wins any one of these fights. You could see the argument to put him right back in there. Who do you have? Kamara Usman, and now he's got, he's got Gilbert Burns. There's what Colby Covington in between the right. You beat any one of those guys. So, so in some ways, the best days of George Masvidal are still in front of him. I mean, these things are brewing. These things are cooking. He's going to Miami. He's always wanted to fight in Miami. Man, this building, they're going to go crazy for him. Start at the weigh-ins, spill over to the fight. I mean, he's, he's about to have an immense amount of fun. Everything is going his way. Big paychecks come. Everything's going his way. 
Saturday could be his last fight. Everything I just said is true. And you agree with it. You agree to the point that I made about the most organic, promoted, caught on video reason any two guys have to fight is the three-piece in a soda. You see where that's very valuable. Leon himself would like to do the match. He just said, I mean, you just go get a win. Can't bring you in here after you, you, you go down to Uzman, the guy that I just beat. Can't bring right after uh, Colby. Go, go get a W and we'll figure this thing out. That would be very exciting if you were in Georgia's spot. One away. One win away. Not guaranteed, but right there. Looking pretty good. Big paydays, main event. All your childhood dreams, everything at least becomes a possibility. How exciting. He could be done on Saturday. I am telling you two polar opposite things. They're both true. George himself, I believe George to be 38 years old. I believe that I'm right on that. This is also a guy who's completely natural. That's relevant. When you're not taking anything that enhances you, and you are taking tequila because you started a company, I mean, right, not, but not for nothing. 38 isn't 38. 38 for me? I barely get into bed. I was so sore. I take a shot of growth hormone. I'd wake up. That was a distant memory. I felt great. His 38 is not the same as my 38. And I'm just sharing for you. It's really hard to do. Gilbert Burns is the biggest nightmare you could draw. The guy that many people think beat Chemayev. The guy who was the closest to beating Kamar Usman on Kamara's entire run. Oh, and by the way, he almost did it by stoppage. Oh, and by the way, in the first round. Not to mention Gilbert lives right up the road from you. Not to mention he wants everything that you want. And he's got a little bit of a better record as of late. Which makes his argument a little bit stronger. He's just not as good at delivering the message as you. It's a mess. Masvidal himself came out and said, if I can't beat him, I am probably done. Now he threw that word in. And I wish I didn't have to use that word. I wish I, I, wish I could put up a thumbnail. It was a quote from Masvidal that said, if I lose, I'm done. But he said probably. He might have even used the word likely. You get the point, though. Right, guys? So now you wonder, well, well, whose decision is it? So you haven't decided you're going to be done. Is, that, is it because you think somebody else is going to tell you you're done? Do you think they're going to release you? I mean, what, what is it? Why, why would it be likely? Why would it be probably? There will not be a championship. Now you're just going to use for your name. That's a nice way of saying stepping stone. I, I mean, do you see where this gets colossally confusing? There was even some talk if George was to lose, but Connor was to lose. You put George and Connor together. I don't hate that idea, guys, and I'm not saying there's not some money to be made. Not at all. I'm not saying George's ability to command and demand our attention and respect goes away with a loss to, to Gilbert Burns. Tons of guys have lost to Gilbert Burns. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sharing with you his desire and motivation might. I mean, it, it, that big scary man that you see was a little boy at one time that wanted to be the world champion and nothing more. And he was willing to sacrifice and, and, and give up free time to work, to sweat, to bleed, to travel, to risk his body. He was willing to do all those things to see that dream come true. If he loses to Burns, that dream is gone forever. It doesn't come back. Doesn't come back. So could you be motivated? Could you go out and do it? And I, I, hear, I hear what they're saying about Masvidal and Connor. I, I do. But we had that opportunity three years ago when Connor was the sport's biggest draw and Masvidal was number two. It, it would have been the single biggest box out we ever could have had at the time when that was being discussed. 
And then a little bit of time went by, and we tried to discuss it again, and it still would have beaten all those records. Maybe not as good a timing as they would have done it initially, right? When Dana White gets caught outside a restaurant in Beverly Hills by TMZ and says, I would never put Connor and Masvidal together because Masvidal is too big for him. Right then, that next day, would have been the ultimate time. But I'm just sharing with you, they've had other times they didn't do it. So I'm very light on the idea. Very, very light on the idea. What are you going to do? you got to have this massive fight. It's not as massive as it once could have been. We're going to go ahead and do it because we don't have anything else to do with these guys. Nothing has ever been promoted that way. Never. We're going to have two meaningful guys. They're going to be the main event. They're going to make a bunch of money. They're going to get a whole bunch of attention. That attention is going to lead to nothing. Oh, by the way, whoever wins is never going to be a contender again. So if you're the winner, you're done. If you're the loser, you're done. It's, it's just one of these fights. That fight isn't going to happen. That's what I'm here to tell you. That fight is not going to happen. George Masvidal's childhood dreams can still come true. He's one win away. From being very deep into that conversation, I can't say it's going to be enough, very deep into that conversation, particularly with the blessing of Leon, who wants to get the match, make the money, and redeem the three-piece and return that soda. But a, a, a loss to Gilbert Burns, and Masvidal said it himself, said I'm likely done. And it's a really big deal. It's a really big cross to bear. He's doing it in stride. He's doing it calmly. But to, to take all of those factors that I just said, right? No no fighter ever chooses. Unless your name is Lennox Lewis or George St. Pierre. Maybe I got to throw Floyd Mayweather in there. Now, maybe we got to amend that list. But no fighter leaves when they want to leave. No fighter goes out the way they want to go out. They go out flat on their back and embarrassed. It's a very difficult fight for Masvidal to win. I mean, all that stuff said, now let's get, let's get right down to it. It's a very difficult fight to win. How's he going to win it? I mean, you always got to ask that question. When somebody when somebody loves to come in and bang their chest and tell you who's going to win, they're just telling you who they've heard of more, right? The best boxer in the world at any weight class is whoever you've heard of more. We don't actually know, but it's the same thing with MMA to the commons. Maybe not to us. We're a little bit more hardcore, but to the commons, if you've heard of Masvidal more than you have Burns, which is true, then Masvidal is going to win. So then you got to ask him, which is, okay, but how? Because there's only a few ways to do it. You could do it by decision. You could do it by knockout. You could do it by disqualification. You could do it by submission. I mean, I'm very open. But if you want to win, you got four ways to do it. So are you going to knock him out? Are you going to submit him? Are you going to grind him up so that the judges give it to you? Are you going to get him to cheat and get him disqualified? I mean, right, it's one of those questions. Where do you see the advantage? Where do you see the strength? I mean, it's not as though Moswell can't go handle himself. I'm, I'm not saying this is a very hard match. It's a very close match. But the stakes are way bigger than the audience is yet to be made aware. The either one of these guys keeps the dream alive, keeps that light shining bright to be world champion, which is what this whole thing's about. Whichever one of these gentlemen loses will never be in the discussion again, ever. This is a career-ending and a career-changing fight. The pressure is huge. You love pressure. You love those storylines. I'm letting you know what these guys are feeling because they know it, even if the media's not talking about it. And for that, you're welcome. Is it possible that Hosma Chemaev was just vindicated? Did you guys see?
You see the scuffle that's floating around the internet. George Masvidal, Kevin Holland. But if you remember back to Kevin Holland's previous fight, just his last one, they had to stop a press conference. Dana literally sent all the boys home, sent all the reporters home, did not do the press conference because Chemayev and Kevin Holland got in some kind of a dust-up. Do you guys remember this? There was water bottles flowing. My own guy, Tiki, gets hit right in the head. I mean, I'm, I'm just sharing with you. Do you guys remember this? Because it sure looked like Chemayev was the bad guy. But now we come to Miami. We come to a different opponent. I'm going to call Masvidal the opponent for this story. But we have the same denominator, which is Kevin Holland, and we have a problem. Could it be? Could it be? I'm, just, I'm asking you a question. And you know what? Kevin had me. Kevin had me. Apparently, this is a joke. Apparently, what I'm getting ready to tell you is a joke. But Kevin Holland came out. He's fighting Ponzinibbio this weekend. Great fight. That's a great fight. He wanted some pounds. He wanted five pounds. As of yesterday, he took whatever steps you got to take and asked Ponzinibbio, hey, can we can we change this to a catch? Wait, can you spot me five pounds? And Ponzinibbio said, no. I could have done that before we signed. We signed. We're here. I've got a mental focus and a preparation. I'm going to honor it. You're going to honor it. We're both professionals. Ponzinibbio's completely right. I, I understand that. I'm just sharing with you, when all of these things happened, I thought that Kevin was being sincere. And I also thought, hey, listen, he's kind of repeating what he learned last time. Maybe he picked up a couple of bad habits out there with his time with Shemayo. Getting it back and forth with, with fellow fighters. Oh, and by the way, not wanting to make weight. Remember, when Kevin ended up fighting with Jemayev, because Jemayev was supposed to be 170 and he was 178. I, I'm just saying, are, are we taking the lessons, the negative lessons from that, and are we bringing them here? But I got I got my producer, Troy, is telling me that's not true. He said, chill, all those things came out, but he was just kidding. Oh, maybe he was. Maybe he was. I only read it. You know how when you read things, you, you, you don't have tone? But when I read it, I even read the response from Ponzinibbio where he told him, we could have done this two months ago, but it's fight week. We're making the weight. We're professionals. Okay. I mean, that doesn't sound like a joke to me. Not when you not when you get a response. Not when you go to the other side. I've been that side. I've been the guy that was asked. I handled the same way Ponzinibbio did. Said, no. No, we got to make weight. So, I mean, I, I, I'm just sharing with you. I don't know how much of it's a joke. And by the way... Kevin Holland, about as nice of a guy as you're going to meet. I mean, I need to throw that in here now that I'm accusing him of being a troublemaker, but he might, hey, Chemayev might have just been cleared. If you remember that story, and we were only as good as the narrative that other people were telling us, there was a couple of videos that came out, and it kind of made it look like Chemayev was the problem. But here we are. Chemayev's not here, but the same thing's happening again. What is going on between Masvidal and Kevin Holland, right? Like, there's, there is a respect factor in there that has to come into play. Now, in very fast order, Kevin Holland is getting a lot of reps in. He's becoming quite a veteran himself. I won't take that away from him. But there is still a way the younger guy has to look at a guy like Masvidal, who might be the second biggest draw in the entire sport. I would think. I would think that. Apparently, I am thinking it wrong. And by the way, what do those two have? What, what is the heat there? Ponzinibbio, to my understanding, goes and gets work at the ATT in Florida. So that would be a tie-in to Masvidal. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Then you got Kevin Holland saying he can't make the weight and he gets into it with George Masvidal. Could that be related? Am I just combining stories? Maybe. I'm asking a question though. I'm asking a question. How does this happen? How does a guy as nice as Kevin Holland end up in a shouting match with Masvidal? You know, those are the things that Masvidal used to escalate. Now he now, now Masvidal's the one talking soft. 
Masvidal's the one keep his face. Masvidal, old Masvidal, he'd have gone right over and gotten his face. He did. He did it to Michael Bisping about three years ago. New Masvidal is, to my point, the veteran in the room. He knows the way that you should be looking at him. He knows the respect you should be showing him. And he's conducting himself from that position. Which just makes me wonder even more, what is it between Kevin and Masvidal in the first place? How did this thing even jump off? And I'll tell you what, maybe maybe it was a big joke, this whole way and thing. Maybe this was a big joke because my first thought, I jumped on the phone. I couldn't have been on it any faster. I thought the Ponzo Nebel was left without an opponent. I got I picked up my phone so damn fast. You know who I called? I called Kevin Lee. I said, Kevin, what is going on and where do you fit into this? Kevin actually had offered to do a short minute fight, except it was against Kiesa. And Kevin has something coming. I'll, I'll have it today. I'll bring it to you guys tomorrow. He has a meeting with Ali today, but Ali's got all, all the pieces in place, and then he's going to present this to Kevin Lee face-to-face today. So Kevin's got something coming up. And many of you would have seen where, where Kevin wanted to fight Kiesa, or Kiesa said, you know, whatever that back and forth was, you might have seen that and then thought, well, why did they do that? And Kevin even asked me that. He goes, why would they not do that? So, well, Kevin... If they do, in fact, have something done for you, which is the information Ali has, he just hasn't brought it to you yet. If they do, in fact, then them putting you in to repair a Kiesa fight that fell apart doesn't solve a problem. It just creates the exact same one somewhere else. Okay, he seemed to understand that point. I still want to know what the beef was. If any of you know, then AJ Ferrari's breaking bad. A lot of you guys don't know who that guy was. There was a guy with George Masvidal, and this always happens, right? You get a guy like Masvidal who's got a whole bunch of money, he's got a whole bunch of success, and you get some young guy. Some young guy comes in the entourage that marked out for the gimmick and then thinks to impress the boss, here's what I have to do. And that was just one of those troubling situations. I mean, AJ Ferrari is a very dangerous human being. But AJ can't be taken on a, a commodity, right? The only commodity, the only monetizable thing that somebody within the UFC has is their performance. Ferrari can't be getting into a dust-up with Kevin Holland, who has a performance. This is about to put on. It'd just be a bad look. It'd just be a bad look. And I'm just wondering, where did it stem from? Saturday, the action-packed UFC 287 fight card finishes with an epic rematch. Longtime rivals, Alex Piera versus Israel Adesanya, they are going to face off again for the middleweight world championship. Throw down for your shot to win big with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just $5 on a pre-fight money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their fighter wins. Plus, all customers can get closer to the octagon excitement with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple UFC 287 bets into one shot for an even bigger payout. I've got to tell you, Adesanya and Piera are almost even money. Adesanya is actually the favorite. And guys, don't forget, this isn't just the second time they've competed. It's the fourth time overall because they did two kickboxing matches. All of them favored the underdog, Piera. All you got to do is download the app right now and use the promo code CHAIL. New customers. 
can bet just $5 on a pre-fight money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their fighter wins. This Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHAIL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. I hear about people standing in line or waiting on hold for hours. Guys, that sounds awful. Here's where game time can save you the trouble and the stress. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last minute tickets and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun that you're about to have. The Game Time app is really easy to navigate through. Just search for the event and you will find the best tickets available. You can even see the view that your seat is gonna have in the app, which is very helpful. Forget the pressure of planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and their Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's really generous of them. Guys, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code CHAIL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code CHAIL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I was asked to do a piece, a prediction piece. Gilbert Burns versus George Masvidal. I always do those, man. I got to tell you, there's a number of things that I'll see your announcers that you, you're forced to live with that come on TV and, and have these roles in our space of MMA. But of those things that I will tell you infuriates me is when they can't make a prediction. And the reason they can't make a prediction is they just don't want to hurt their own relationship with these two guys. Shut up. I mean, that's a that's weird right there. That's just weird. Do your job and give a prediction and put your biasness aside. And if you have a biasness that's overwhelming, disclose it to the audience because some of them are going to trust you and use that as influence to go make a bet. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I don't ever not do it. But I told Ryan, I said, you know what? I don't want to do a prediction on these guys. Ryan said, ah, you just like them both too much. You just don't know them too long. No. No, that's not what it is. What it is, I'm not sure what the winner gets. I'm just not sure. I, I know they stay in the talks. I know it's something good. I know it's something big. But I don't know what it is. I, I don't know that it takes you all the way to the front of the line. I don't know that you become a number one contender is what I'm attempting to say. Okay. The loser is quite possibly done. Their dream for sure is over. Now, if Burns wanted to come back and fight again, and he told them, hey, just get me another match. This is what I do, man. I win some, I lose some. They're hard. You know I'll do anything for it. They'll get him another match. No problem. Masvidal's in a little bit of a different spot. I told you guys a number of times, George Masvidal is the second biggest draw in our industry. Now, things change. He's still up there. What maybe you weren't understanding when I told you that, he's the second highest paid guy in our industry. Now, that's a big deal. 
if you're going to pay a guy what you're going to pay Masvidal, you have got to be able to main event him. And if you're main eventing somebody on pay-per-view, he has got to be able on any given night to be fighting for the world championship. Or you can't pay him that money. You just can't. I don't think that Ronda Rousey left and retired from the sport completely as willing as she wanted. She had a contract that was so beautiful. She had to be a main event. And that division could not stand on its own unless they had a shiny belt to go with the match and the storyline. And you could not pay her what you had to pay her if it wasn't a world title fight main event on pay-per-view. And when she quit qualifying for that, there's now nowhere to go. Not with the contract that you've got. Now, that isn't fully what happened to Ron. I'm, I'm using that as an example. And, and I'm close. I'm About 70% of that's what happened with Ronda. But not fully. But it, it's still an example that you can look at. And when I when I do see Masvidal, and I know what he got, I know what that deal looked like, and his last fight was a main event of a pay-per-view. It was opposite Colby. It was sold out. It was big business. Fox News was covering it, for goodness sake. It, it was a big deal. But when you stumble in that, now you're in your own hometown. We can justify your pay because we can make it up at the gate. Your Mr. Miami will bring into Miami. I need For what I'm paying you, I need you to be in the main event. But because it's Miami, I can actually bring you down here and keep that pay. You lose one more, you're in a really tough spot. These aren't secrets. It's just something that I don't know how comfortable I am coming out and giving a prediction for what I think is going to happen in this fight. Because the winner, why that light stays on and that dream stays out there. I mean, we, we, we got over 700 guys under contract. All 700 guys, that dream is still a thing. That It's not gone. It's a very rare and select few where, they, okay, this is over. You never, with this record, you never at this age, you never, with this most recent outcome, ever are going to return to a conversation about being in a world title fight, right? It's hard enough to get those fights when you're 38 years old. If you won your last five, but you're 38 years old, you got something against you. You're going to have to overcome certain things. I'm just sharing for you. I'm not comfortable giving you a prediction on it for that very reason. And I'm never a prude about these things. I'm the one that gets mad when guys don't want to fight for whatever reason. That is what gets in my craw. This is a very unique spot for me, and I actually feel it twice in the same week. I mean, I can only feel for the pressure that's on those two. But Gaethje would like to fight with Poirier. And I mean, that is the bludgeoning of a lifetime. Gaethje would tell you that's a, he's already done it once and he's either going to say it was that one or he's, he's going to say that it uh, was Eddie Alvarez. But one of those two fights was the worst beating and the most painful night of Gaethje's career. I just shared with you and now Gaethje wants to go into it again. That's great. It, it, here's the problem. I don't know what the winner gets. We're all under the impression that, that Benny and Charles is what's the number one contenders match. And I, I mean, I'm just sharing for you. I don't know what the winner would get. But I do know that the loser is done. And right now, both those guys still have that dream alive. Both those guys have been champion. Both those guys have beaten everybody in front of them. They haven't been in there yet with Islam, but I'm sharing for you, right? You got you to mix up. You got to change. Khabib's out. Charles fell. You, you've got a whole new friend. And, and Gaethje and Dustin are potential number one contenders anytime that you want to do it. If they go out and fight each other, I don't know what happens to the winner. I guarantee you whoever doesn't win is done forever. They will never even be in that talk. Maybe that's the way we want to play this game. 
This is a high stakes game to begin with. I'm not gonna be a prude about it. I'm just sharing with you for me, when you still have a choice, when it's not signed, when you could go out and lobby in different directions, when you settle in and decide you're gonna lobby on that one for me, I think it's a big risk. Sonia, Alex, Piera, we're here, guys. We're here, I think, for the last time. And I really do hope for the last time. That's kind of a weird thing to say, by the way. Why would I hope? Why, what standing do I have? Two great fighters and give us a great fight and there's a backstory. Seems like something I'd, I'd generally be behind. Well, we just can't make this thing even. I mean, we're never going to even this thing out. To even this out... So Pierre has beaten Izzy three times, right? Two kickboxing and one MMA. To, to even, even this thing out, Izzy's got to win this fight, find something somewhere to compete with the guy in again, win that one, and find something somewhere to compete with the guy. You see, you see what I'm saying? We're just not going to get there. So at some point, I mean, because imagine Adesanya wins, right? There's only two options. He wins or he doesn't win. Imagine Adesanya wins. Of course, it would be the gentleman thing to do to give Pierre an opportunity. Pierre has gave you one. It seems like you're kind of returning this, not to mention it, it, it skewed in his favor. And maybe, and maybe Pierre's got to go out and beat somebody first. But Pierre has looked pretty damn dominant. It's one of those situations. Maybe the blueprint comes out, and maybe we can shake up this division and put some new blood in there. I think that's what Chemayev represents, just by example. But the division does matter to the organization. The way they spoke with Paulo Costa and worked that out, th that proves that they look at those top guys and go, hey, we need you. We need you. There's a pecking order. There's some momentum. Very relevant. I'm talking about Pierre leaving and going to 205 pounds, but nobody else is, including him. Israel Adesanya has already left and gone to 205 pounds and has come back, but now he's talking about it again. It's, it's just one of these spots where we can't even this thing out. We're not going to even it out. It's got to end. It's got to end here now. When you go into a rematch, you have to be able to answer one question, which is, what is going to be different this time and why? Both guys have to be able to answer that question. But only the loser does. Only the guy who lost gets asked that. Only that guy looks at the mirror and says, what's going to be different? The guy that wins doesn't do that. It's a mistake. It's a massive mistake because it's about the performance, not the outcome. Piera cannot be happy with that last performance. He lost every bit of that fight. Now, this is my guess, and this is my assumption, but it is something that always gives and makes the opponent the benefactor, is that the winner does not relook at things. The winner does not change preparation. He thinks about fully the outcome. We must have had it right. Those same guys going to his corner, those same workout partners show up at three o'clock. I mean, it's the exact same thing that I just share for you. That's oftentimes a mistake. Adesanya came out, he's talking about this rematch. And Izzy is so damn straight. I mean, he is so damn straight with you guys. Every fighter has a deal. Every fighter has a bargain with you, the audience. And those bargains and deals can be different. Whether you're going to be funny, whether you're going to be scathing, whether you're going to be me, or whether you're just going to be straight. And Izzy's deal with you guys, apparently, here's exactly the way it happened. Because he spoke to you <clears throat> so plainly in this interview. Guess what he said? 
He said, I'm always beating Piera until I'm not. Things always go well for me with Piera until they don't. And when a guy starts talking like that, okay, it's, it's very important. Think of any problem in life. Think of an alcoholic. The first thing he has to do is admit that he has a problem. Step number one, that has to happen. He's not going to go dry. He's not going to experience sobriety unless he does that. So when Adesanya comes out and he's got a problem, Adesanya has a problem known as the last round against Pierre. Why though? I love that Izzy admitted this, and I love that he told you guys, there is no trash talk on this. These guys have a camaraderie. They started out hating each other, but they respect each other now, I could tell. They still got to fight. Match still hasn't happened. Still has to happen. But there is definitely a respect, and there is an honor amongst these two. Now, why is the last round a problem? I didn't say 20 minutes in. I didn't say with two minutes left. I said the last round. And of course, I'm bringing in their second kickboxing match as a piece of evidence as well. But Piera has an urgency that is a built-in mechanism of him losing and understanding space and time. As the time goes down and that window shortens, he rises to the occasion. I know guys like this. It's a rare thing, but I've seen them. I have seen them. They are like a wounded animal and you're putting them in a corner. And they get more dangerous the less time. It has nothing to do with how bad you push them, how many points you score on them, what what a threat you are. It has nothing to do with it. As the time goes away, it makes them elevate. They're great competitors, guys, that can do this. But Adesanya's got to create a situation within his own mind that he's got seven rounds. He's got to create a situation in his own mind that he's got nine rounds. So when that last round comes, because here's the one thing we don't know, guys. We don't know if it's Piera rising because of the urgency he's feeling, or if Adesanya changes, Adesanya diminishes, Adesanya changes his strategy to think, I just need to eat up the clock. I've already beaten this guy. Let me circle. I don't need to be as active. Let me be on a bicycle a little bit more and moving around. We don't know. We don't actually know. We think we do, but our eyes lie to us all the time. So it's one of those two with Izzy, and he just needs to create that. I think what I'm saying about the urgency, I think it's the right thing to do that we all just agree we're done here. We're done here, but we're not going to use that against anybody, right? Like when we're talking about the greatest ever, we're not going to just say it's Pierre because he beat Adesanya four times. No, we're going to put everything on this one match. Figure out where they go and what do they do after this. It does feel like a little, a little... I love the match. I love the match. I hope I'm not putting the match there. I love the match. It's the right It's the right thing to do. History will look at this match. It's the one that will be talked about. It's going to move the scale one way or the other. I love the match. I just don't know why we're doing it. Not completely. Not completely, I don't. Is it about the grudge? I don't know. I mean, the scales are tipped three to one. We're not even anything out here. I don't I don't think it is. It's about the history. And nobody even knows they did kickboxing. I keep telling you guys, a few of you hardcores on the underground know about it. You leave something in the comment section. The little old lady in Iowa has no idea that they were even kickboxers, let alone they went against each other, let alone they went against each other multiple times. And the one thing that's missing at 185 pounds is where do we go from here? There appears to be one guy without a dance partner, which is Robert Whitaker. Now, that is a great choice for a number one contender. 
Robert Whitaker, the X's and O's of Robert Whitaker versus Alex Piera, the X's and O's are amazing. I love the match. But nobody's in a big hurry to put Whitaker back into a title fight after the abysmal job that he did in drawing attention to his second fight with Izzy. That's the real truth. No one's going to tell you you're getting that from me. I'm telling you right now, nobody's going to be in a hurry to put him at the top of the bill after the terrible partner he was to the media leading in that fight. That's the truth. But he's still without a dance partner. Robert Whitaker came out and spoke about that. He said, I was never offered Chemayev. I was never given a written offer for Chemayev. Kind of, kind of made it clear that he is available. But if Izzy wins, I don't think that I, I'm all, I will tell you right now, if Izzy wins, they're not going to do that rematch. If Piera wins, they might do that rematch. But it's not hard and fast, and you guys aren't dying to see it, which means what are these two fighting for? What are they fighting? What is this about? Where do we go from here? There's a rumor on both of them, started by both of them, that they're going to leave the division. Well, they can't both leave the division. They'd be leaving the division to get away from the other one. So one of them's got to stay, one of them's got to go. I would think. And the only constant we have at 185 pounds with all the top guys, the only constant we have is them. They don't want to fight. Official prediction, Adesanya versus Piera four. Can I call it four? We should probably call it two, right, since it's under MMA rules. But you guys get it, man. We've been here and done that. At some point, do you need to say who you think's going to win? I mean, right, like at some point, if we're not going to show an honor and a respect moving forward to the winner of a contest, why are we having the contest? It seems as though you have a dispute, but then you have dispute resolution. And the members of the society must follow that very basic etiquette. Otherwise, what is it for? What am I going to go out there after training? What am I going to go out there and sacrifice all this for if when it's done, people are going to tell me they don't think that I can do something that I just did? I mean, see where it gets a little bit tough? And with that said, I'm going to do the very thing. Adesanya. That's who I think. But I can't give you it is not possible for me to give you a prediction without giving you a profession and professing to you from inside how I feel eternally. I'm just putting myself in his shoes. I just saw them fight, right? That wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago at all. Nobody has had time to get better. Not to mention nobody has changed camps. Nobody, We, we don't have any switches like this at all. Izzy wasn't looking in any other directions. There was a brief period of time where Piera was kind of talking about some other guys. But for the most part, here we are. Go back, get in shape, get that weight back off. We're going to put you right back in there. Okay, but all I'm sharing for you is there's not new tools now, at least not in theory. And if you wanted to look at who had the better tools, who had more tools, and who was sharper with their tools, it was Izzy for sure. You just also then have to, and I don't think there's room, I don't think there's time for those guys to get any better. I really don't. Fighters, well, they'll always be working on new things. What you're going to use on Saturday night when the house is on fire is something you learned 10 years ago. There's not a fighter out there that uses something in a world championship match that they didn't know by the time they were 15. That, that is a slight exaggeration, 
but but not not much. I really these physically these are gonna be the same guys for sure. But we know how important the mental approach is, and so I'm just looking at Izzy's mental approach, and I have to guess because I've never been in this spot. I know how hungry he was last time. Izzy was flat mad. He was flat mad. He didn't deny that he had the run-in with Piera. He didn't deny that he had the second run-in with Piera. But he left. He came over here. He made a name. He made money. He went and got his championship. The guy came and followed him here. Said, I'm going to come take that from you too. And Izzy knew it and he felt it. And he was mad. And he wanted to get those back. And you thought he could do it. You guys sent him into that ring at Madison Square Garden. Opposite a guy he'd lost to twice, one of them by knockout, as a two-and-a-half-to-one favorite on DraftKings. Now that it's 3-0, two finishes, favoring Piera, you guys are rolling with Izzy again. And so am I. But why are we doing that? Izzy right now is the favorite. Do you guys understand that on DraftKings? Those two are separated by a, a plus 160 and minus 140. That is as close to even money as you can get. But if you, if you have to tip it, Izzy is the favorite. Izzy even spoke about this. He saw the DraftKings line, and he said, I'm a little surprised. He did. He was real candid about it. He said, I'm a little surprised that I could lose to this guy, lose and lose again, and still have people that are partying with their money thinking, I'm going to beat him. And I do have to wonder where Izzy's at mentally. And I can't fully see it, right? I did not like, openly, I did not like where Kamara Usman was going into his last match with Leon. Kamara changed. He changed his approach. I didn't love that. But I'm also seeing Izzy changing his approach. There's reasons he'd do that. There's a respect. A guy came and took what you had, but now he's going to give you an immediate opportunity. There's an appreciation. There's reasons why Izzy would approach this differently, but I will just share with you, he is a lot calmer. He is a lot nicer. He has made jokes, and some of them are self-deprecating. That's not what he's ever done before. I was very concerned for Sean Strickland when he went into his last match with Jared Cannon here because for the first time ever, Sean Strickland started making jokes about Sean Strickland. I think it was the schmo went and asked him, what is your plan for Jared Cannonier? And Strickland being funny, and he laughed, but he said, plan for this guy. God, I'd let, do, do you have a plan? Tell me what it is. This guy's tough as hell. I'm just sharing for you. Those were things we'd never seen from Sean before. And it was alarming to me. And I'm now watching Izzy be nice. He's being polite. He's being reserved. I think he does have a respect. I think he does have a pr appreciation. What I need to know that he has in front of everything is an urgency. Does he have an urgency? Does he realize, I can never take my eye off the ball. The more points I score on this guy, he's one of those kinds of guys that that makes him come harder later. I would definitely think that he understands these things. I would definitely think that he sees these things. But from a physicality standpoint, I stand with you guys. I have Izzy as the favorite. I think Izzy's a better fighter. I don't think very many of you watch the kickboxing matches. I know you love to go in my comment section and say that you did. I don't think you did. I think you're lying. I did watch them. I watched both of them. I watched their last fight, and I watched it again, and I watched it again. I have the same conclusion. The better fighter is Adesanya. But you have competitor issues with Piera. You have somebody that will not quit. You have somebody that believes in himself. 
And when I talk about there's not a lot of room to get better, that's true. There just wasn't a lot of time. There was some wrestling offense by Piera, though. That if he would just switch a couple of things, if he would just change the way that his foot's driving, he would just change his hand position down three inches. If he would just look up and drive across with his shoulder as opposed to looking down at the canvas. There was wrestling takedowns where he could get on top. Absolutely. He was very close last time. And I only say that because that was Piera's great way of winning. Izzy was out striking him. Piera had the wrestling. He couldn't keep him there. If he got him there and kept him there, if he could find a wrist, float the hips, just the things that you could work on and you could learn in the last four months, if that's what you really were dedicated to doing, there is ways where Piera can start to grab some minutes. Where Piera doesn't stack the deck up against himself. What we don't know as an audience is how will he perform in the fifth round if the deck is not stacked? How will Piera perform if they're tied up two to two? Does two to two put him in the same position of urgency? What if he's ahead three to one? I mean, I'm just suggesting for you. There's a lot of things that we think we understand and we know about these guys. I'm reminding you, yeah, we really don't. We really don't. My official prediction, I'm taking Adesanya. Something that would make me more bullish on that is if I understood where Adesanya is headed at. Is he angry? Is he just appreciative? Does he just want this behind him? Does he, over some period of time, at some point, you got to just bow to the other guy and tell him, good job, you got me. But are we there yet? Are we there yet? Because Kamara was there. He was ready to show respect to Leon and his countrymen. Does Izzy still have the eye of the tiger? Because in this sport, you got to be selfish. Coaches have to be selfless. They're giving up their time. The athletes got to be selfish. You want it all. You got a black heart. I'm going to walk in here. And I'm going to take everything you want, everything you've ever worked for. I'm going to take it all. And I'm going to be happy about it. I'm never going to think about you. You got to have a black heart. All things are equal. Take those last five rounds we saw. We're going to add five more to it. You're safe to bet on Adesanya. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And great news, everyone. I have a special UFC 287 reaction episode. It's going to be coming out on Sunday. So make sure you're following the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that episode hits your feed as soon as it drops. Until Sunday, I'm Chael Sonnen. And you are welcome. Welcome.